All right, thank you. Maybe seated this morning. Uh, some of you already are. That's great. And uh, appreciate you being here this morning. And appreciate uh, Israel and uh, his team that they lead worship every almost every Sunday. Usually the fifth Sunday of every month they're in here with us, or the last Sunday of the month, I guess I should say. And, and today happens to be the fifth Sunday. And uh, so I appreciate uh, Greg was on the piano, and that was his two boys. Uh, Greg and Daniel that were singing this morning, and, and of course Eddie was back there on the bass. Yeah, give them a hand. That'd be great. And uh, uh, pretty neat. Israel got to lead, but then his son Andrew was on the drums, and so that was great. Let's, we, we don't want you guys to feel left out, right, Andrew and uh, Israel? Can we give a- Andrew and Israel a hand too as well? But uh, turn me to, to First Peter. Turn me to First Peter, and uh, today, actually, we have a group that is uh, coming back uh, from Mexico. They are driving right now. In fact, I, uh, they were, they were uh, trying to interrupt or distract me, I guess, during worship, and they sent me, let's see here, about five different texts uh, about their road trip back, and one of them is audio. I'm kind of scared to open up and listen to it. Uh, but they are uh, somewhere between here in San Antonio, probably right now, and watching on Facebook Live. And so that's really, uh, sometimes uh, technology is uh, a detriment and sometimes it's a blessing. And so I want to say hi to all of you out there on Facebook Live this morning. I just got my notification on my iPad that we went live, so now I know officially we are. But they had uh, an opportunity, I think there was 13 of our church people that went uh, down to Mexico. They uh, went, uh, I believe, Wednesday. Uh, well, some of them went Wednesday, most of them went on Friday, and they, they held a Bible school uh, just across the border at one of the orphanages. And many of you have been giving uh, all the way back to last year at Christmas and been giving to, uh, to help these uh, 17 orphans. Pastor Lunar there has been there for, I think, about 14 years working with them. And uh, let me, in uh, just kind of a way of, uh, I guess, information is the last weekend of November... Uh, so I think the Friday is the November 30th. We're going to take a group that will be going down uh, and staying on the Texas side of the border. And then we'll be going in and, and uh, doing Christmas for the orphans. And then also be taking a group if you're interested in building a house in Mexico. We did this last year and for about $5,000 in two days we can go over and build a house for uh, a family. And so mark that on your calendar if you're interested. Uh, there will be more information to come. But they had a Bible school kind of a day camp the last few days, and uh, they had over 80 students that came to their camp, and uh, seven of those kids gave their life to Christ this week. And so, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, give, give the Lord a hand for that. That's awesome. So pray for them as they continue their trip back. But we're going to be our third week in First Peter. If you have your bulletin, I would encourage you to get it out and to find your way to First Peter. If you are f- following along maybe digitally on the Version Bible app, I saw this week was the 10th anniversary, I believe that was this week, of the Uversion Bible app. And uh, I saw that they were going to have the first, the first phone that ever had the app installed on it is going to be placed at the, the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., I think this week. And uh, so really cool, uh, amazing uh, technology they have. And I, I just want to say that I hope that you understand how blessed you are to have the Bible as available as it is to us. There's people all over the world that don't have access to any Bible, and we can pick and choose which translation of English we like best, right? And there's multiple ones. We have 
you know, I have a physical Bible here, a text, and then I have who knows how many on my iPad and on my phone. And, and what's unfortunate, I think, in our culture is, is sometimes because it is so accessible that we don't access it often enough, right? And people all over the world are starving to read God's Word. And I'm not sure that we are. And that's what we're talking a little bit about this morning. So in 1 Peter, we've been there two weeks. Um, I won't take a long time to, to review. Uh, I would encourage you, if you weren't here for the first two weeks, you can go on our website and you can watch them. You can go on Facebook and look back. It was on Facebook Live or it's on our website. And because we're trying to get through the book, we could spend, we could spend all year probably in 1 Peter. But we're going to try to march through it. And so we're skipping the second half of chapter 1, and we're going to go on to chapter 2 today. But let me give you just a little bit of summary of those verses that we're skipping. Because if you remember the very first part of chapter 1, the first five verses, we were talking about that we are chosen, that God has chosen us. And so as believers, we understand we didn't choose God necessarily. He chose us. And I'm glad He chose me, and I'm glad He chose you. And the reality is He didn't choose me because I was good. The, the exact opposite is true. He chose me because I needed him, and I was really, really bad. I, I was born into sins, and so we understand through the first few verses that God chose me, and he chose me to have a living hope and an eternal inheritance, a home in heaven forever. And that inheritance, that living hope, is protected not by me and my good works, but it's protected by God the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so what he has given to me, no one can take away from me. Aren't you thankful for that? The next few verses, last week we talked about faith and that how do I know, do I have genuine faith? And, and we understand that if, I love this statement, I think Craig Rochelle said this, that a faith that, hit, that has not been tested cannot be trusted. And, and so Peter was telling them that part of the blessing of being in trials is that on the other side of the trials, you understand that your faith was genuine. When, when you walk through deep, deep struggles, and some of you in the room have walked through deep, deep hurt and struggle and pain, and when you come on the other side of that, you realize God's grace is sufficient. And it's a blessing that, that you don't understand or don't, can't enjoy. It's a truth that you read in Scripture. Because God told Paul, my grace is always going to be sufficient. And so I can understand it, I can read it, but until I've lived it, I can't really understand it, can I? And so one of the blessings of trials is that you understand my faith has been tested and now can be trusted. Genuine faith. Uh, this week, the, kind of the summary, I'm gonna, just for uh, summarizing these first uh, these verses that we're skipping. So I told you to turn there, and I didn't turn there yet, so I'm going to now, right? So 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 13. So really verses 13 through verse 21, it's summarized by saying holy living. Right? So as a follower of Christ, as a believer, you could summarize those as Peter is telling the, the, the audience. And remember, the audience is Jewish and Gentile believers who've been scattered all throughout Rome, all throughout the region, because Nero is now the leader, and Nero is a bad, bad guy. All right, And Nero is wanting to destroy all the Christians. And he blamed uh, Rome burning, although he set the fire, is what history would teach us. He blamed that on the Christians so that he would have an opportunity and a reason and his own justification for killing them. So Peter is writing to that group that is scattered 
because they're not only Jewish believers, but also Gentile believers. And so he's exhorting them, these verses, verses 13 through 21, holy living or walk in holiness. Holy living or walk in holiness. Verses 22 through verse 25, again, we'll summarize by just two phrases. Walk in unity. Walk in unity or holy loving. It's talking about loving one another, all right? So we're talking about walk in holiness and walk in unity. And that's kind of the context where we come in to chapter 2, all right? So let's read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You can follow along as I read. Again, we're in 1 Peter 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit. Again, you've heard it said, if there's a therefore, you're supposed to look and see what it's. You guys are asleep already. If you see a therefore, you're supposed to look and see what it's. All right, very good. So what is therefore? We, I, just gave, I just told you all right, all right? So we already went over that. Because you're a believer, because you are in community, and because you have an inheritance secured by God forever, because you are a child of God, because you have been adopted in the family of God, he's saying here, then lay aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes, and desire the pure milk of the word, that you may, and I want you to underline this word in your Bible here, that you may grow thereby, that you may grow thereby. And then and he kind of puts this uh, disclaimer, I guess, on here, or maybe transitional. Verse 3 says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And so he's saying, if you believe and if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if your faith is genuine, he was talking about in chapter 1, then you should desire the Word of God. In other words, one of the tests for my salvation is do I hunger for God's Word? And if I don't have a hunger for God's Word, what I mean, just think of this. Let me read it again in that context. Peter says that you would desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed have you experienced the goodness of God. If you've experienced the goodness of God, what Peter is saying is you're going to desire to grow and to know him more. And how do we grow and know him more? His word. Let's keep reading verse 4. Coming to him as to living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones and being built up spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is not contained in the scripture. It is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. And who is the chief cornerstone? Who is the he that's precious to us as believers? Jesus. And so Peter is saying that Jesus, the chief cornerstone of the church, all followers of Jesus Christ, to us, to he's precious. And, and I'm convinced in, in my life, and maybe you're guilty of it too, that maybe Jesus isn't as precious to me as he probably should be. That sometimes we forget what we've been saved from and what we've been saved to. 
And that's what Peter's trying to explain to them. And it goes on, Therefore you believe, verse 7, he's precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has come the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Here's the reality. Churches don't want to be offensive, but the Bible, the gospel, is offensive. The Bible is very clear. If I die in my sins without giving my life to Jesus Christ, I will spend an eternity in a place called hell paying for my sins. That's offensive, isn't it? There's not really any better way. There's not a nice way for me to say it. But I can say it with the understanding that I love you and I want you to know that Jesus died for you. He, he paid the penalty of your sin debt. And for us as believers, he's precious. To those who don't know Christ, he, what Peter is saying here is an offense. All right, let's continue reading verse number 9. But you, again, he's talking to believers... Specifically, his audience was those scattered Gentiles and Jews that are followers of Jesus now, but also that would transfer to us as believers. If you are a believer, if you've placed your, your trust and faith in Jesus, he's saying, Peter's saying, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Aren't you thankful that God looks at you as his own? And then it gives us a little... Maybe step of action here. That you may, and I would encourage you to underline this, proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. From death to life. From strangers to friends. From orphans to sons and daughters. Those who were far off have been brought near. Read Ephesians 1. That's, that's the summary of Ephesians chapter 1. And so Peter is saying, proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Verse 10, who once were not a people, but are now the people who had not obtained mercy, but now who have obtained mercy. And we're going to unpack all this in a little more, right? But if you have your bulletin, let me give you this first blank, all right? You should probably caught it when I told you to underline it. Number one is grow up. Grow up in Christ. Grow up in Christ. Um, you guys remember, maybe you weren't like me, but when I was in junior high, to me, that, that when you got in an argument, that was the, the ultimate put down. Just grow up. You're so immature. Anybody ever said that? Like four of you raised your hand. I'm going to ask it again because I really want to feel better about myself. I mean, I said it a lot. Or maybe I heard it a lot. How many of you said that before? Grow up. You're so, in, oh, why are you now raising your hand? Either you were lying now or you lied. I don't even know. You're asleep. If you're a, if you're a kid in here, we have our family worship today, lean over and, and make sure your mom and dad are awake, all right? Or grandma and grandpa who you're sitting with, maybe nudge them a little bit, wake them up. Tell them that when we have class participation, they should raise their hand, all right? Grow up. And so Peter is, is telling these believers, you need to grow up in your faith. And how am I going to grow up in my faith? He uses this imagery of desire, the milk of the word, to desire God's word and desire to be in God's word. And, and I want you to wrestle with the question this morning. When you wake up, what's the first thing you think about in the morning? For most of us, breakfast, I like that. Who said that? Very good. How many of you think of breakfast first? That's a great answer. You, you know what? The first thing I do, my habit has been 
the first thing I grab in the morning? What do you, what's the first thing I, I do in the morning? Anybody want to answer that question? Not coffee. I'm, I'm, what do you guys think the first thing I do this morning is? What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Check your phone, all right? Check your phone. How many of you have it? It's like, how many of you actually sleep with the phone in your bed with you? How many of you, it's in the bed with you? Nightstand, how many are on the nightstand? Man, I, I got a new phone the other day, and it has the, I, I bought the charger where you just set the phone on it. Oh, my gosh, it changed my life. It was, it's awesome. I don't have to unplug it. And so that was, that's been my habit. First thing, wake up, how many notifications I got. So I'm, I'm trying now to incorporate, because I, I don't, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's going to be hard to break that habit. So I'm adding a habit to it, and my first thing I do when I put, put my, pull my phone up, and I'm still trying to see, you know, is I go to the YouVersion Bible app, and it has a verse of the day. And so I share, you guys are, if you guys watch me on, or, you know, follow me or however you want to say it on Facebook or anything else, you know what time I'm, you can figure out what time I get up. Because most often it's when the first thing I do is I'm going to post that picture. Okay, and so I'm trying to... But isn't it sad that probably most of us in the room think of something else before we think of God's Word? And let me just be really honest with you this morning. If the only time, like if you had to look for your Bible, where did I put it last Sunday? This morning? Unless you're, you know, using some digital form or whatever. Maybe you have the Holy Church Bible, I don't know. But if the only time you're really into God's Word is the 30 to 45 minutes that you hear me speak, I'm going to be really honest with you. You're not growing as a Christian. You're not, I'm going to say it again, you are not growing as a Christian if the only time that you're in God's Word is when you're being spoon-fed by me. That's just the reality of it. If you don't have a daily habit or you're not striving to have a daily habit, to get into God's Word. And, and maybe your habit is to do the same thing. I, maybe it's to start small, right? When you wake up, get the YouVersion Bible app for those of you that have it. And, and just look at the verse of the day and think through that. Think through it all day. Just meditate on that Word all day. Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the word of God. His desire is to know God. His law, he meditates day and night. And then there's this blessing attached to a desire for God's word. Look at verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Do I hunger for the word of God? Do I thirst for the word of God? And Peter is saying, listen, remember, he's writing to people who are being persecuted for their faith. And the challenge is, life is difficult. And we all could agree to that. Life is difficult. And Peter is saying, if you're going to mature in your faith and if you're going to grow in your faith, you need to get into the Word of God. And we have so many, we're trying to get rid of all the excuses. You know, every, almost every morning I'm sending you an email that tells you exactly what we're reading for that day. Most of the days I have a, a, a devotion attached to that. 
and, and we're trying to, I mean, that's me trying to get you to have a discipline and do it. We have one of the greatest resources that most of you are not taking advantage of. I'm just going to be really honest, okay? Right now, media. Right now, media, we are paying every month a subscription for you to have free access to this resource. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Bible studies for everything you might need. For youth, for parenting, for marriage, uh, for kids. There is a whole section just kids' videos, like thousands of kids' videos, where you can have your kid, instead of them looking in the iPad to... Hopefully you're using YouTube Kid, not just YouTube, but, but have Netflix, download it on yours. If, you don't, if you're not taking advantage of that, you're missing out. You're missing out on an opportunity for you to grow spiritually and for your kids to grow spiritually. There's thousands and thousands of Bible study. You know, here's, here's an idea. Maybe, maybe you start your own life group in your neighborhood and you just have friends and neighbors and family come over and you watch one of these. There's six-week Bible studies. There's 13-week. I mean, there's all. Just trust me. How many of you actually use this resource? Put your hand up. Okay. I'm glad that you use that resource. The rest of you, you need to use the resource, okay? And, and if you don't know how to do it, Nathan will be glad to come over to your house and set up. No, if you, don't, if, if you don't know how to do it, send me an email. Send Dave an email. We will send you a link. It's really, really easy, okay? And if you can't figure it out, we will come help you figure it out, okay? Because it's that important. Grow in your faith. Grow in your faith. Build, grow up, which leads us to number two. All right? Built up together. So we're going to grow up in Christ. Number two, we're built up together on Christ. I love this quote, and, and uh, it's in your bulletin. It's also on the screen. Uh, Autonomous Christianity never works. Autonomous Christianity never works because our spiritual life was designed by God to be a community project. You know, you've heard the statement. I, at least I've heard the statement. Well, I, I, I love Jesus, but yeah, his church not so much. Or I can grow on my faith and walk with God. I don't need the church. And you know what that's like saying is, John, I like you and I really want to be friends with you, but I don't really like your wife that much. Do you think we're going to be friends? No, that's right. <laughs> Catherine is paying attention. We are not going to be friends. We are going to have an issue. And the church is the bride of who? Christ gave his life up for the church. And for me to say, oh, I, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't love his bride. Does that make any sense to anybody in the room? But it, isn't that what we do? Built up. On Christ. Uh, the church is meant to be community, right? We're supposed to do life together. The reality is, I, I need you to grow up. I need you to be built up. And the reality is, you, you need me to grow up and you need me to be built up because the stronger I am in Christ, the stronger you are in Christ. The stronger you are in Christ, the stronger we are in Christ. You see how that works? It's like trying to play the game of basketball by yourself. It just doesn't work. You can practice, but you can't play a game of basketball by yourself. That's not how it's designed. And you cannot, listen, I'm just being honest with you this morning, that you're never, you're never going to reach your full potential if you're living your Christian life in isolation. And you're never going to completely fulfill the purpose God has in your life if you're not connected to a local group of believers. 
It's just not going to happen. That's how God designed us to be, to be in relationship, connected one to another. If you're not a part of a connect group yet, that means every Sunday at 930, you need to be a part of a connect group. You need to stay connected. You can't grow. For instance, how many of you like Jenga? Anybody like to play Jenga? All right. Who's really good at Jenga this morning? Anybody good in here? Preston, I think you're probably pretty good at Jenga. You want to come out and play with me? Who thinks that Preston can beat me in Jenga? Yeah, give me a hand. Who thinks I'm going to beat Preston in Jenga? Preston, I got four fans. The rest are you, I guess. How many of you have never played Jenga? How many of you have no idea what Jenga is? Well, I didn't really think I was going to have to explain this, but I will, all right? So the idea of this game is, so I'm going to get a block, pull it out from the middle. Ooh, that was close. And I'm going to rebuild on top, okay? It's your turn. It's his turn now. Now he's going to try to find a block. Hopefully that's loose and not going to make it. So you guys, are, you guys have already figured out, if you've never seen this, right, that at some point what's going to happen? Look at the seriousness on your face. I like it. Don't laugh. It'll jiggle it. All right, yeah, very good. I cheated. I got it really high, so he can't reach up there very good. Now, I'm going to warn you, you might, when we're pulling this out, you might stand back because I don't know what's going to happen. And, and they're pretty big blocks, all right? So the idea is to find one that's loose. And, and can I just show you what this, wow, it's already shaking. What this illustrates is that what Peter is saying is we are, we've just read the text. We are living, we were once dead stones is what it says. Later, in, I think it's in verse 9 or 10, it says, He brought you from darkness into marvelous light. The same imagery as you were dead before Christ. You met Christ, now you're alive. You were in darkness, you can go ahead Preston, and now you're in light. All right. And so what, what Peter is telling the church is, that when you become a living stone, he's going to place the living stone a part of a greater structure. Okay, so my stone here, do you get it? Very good. Wow, you actually got one out of there? That's impressive. I'm, I'm scared now. I'm staying on that side. So what Peter is saying here is, look, when, when God saved you, when he chose you and you placed your faith in Jesus Christ, what Peter is saying is he has now placed you, this isolated stone block. Are you scared, Preston? Anyone else scared up here? This isolated block, you need community. You need to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And so what Peter is saying is Jesus has called you from darkness to light, from death to life, from stranger to friend, from orphan to adoption, a son and daughter of Christ, a dead stone to a living stone, from isolation to community. And what we're saying when we're not connecting ourselves to the church, to the bride of Christ, is that I can stand on my own. And I'm just warning you this morning, I've seen it in all the years that I grew up in church, in all the years I grew up in ministry and now have been in ministry, 
What, what Satan wants to do is Satan wants to convince you that you can be just as strong over here as you can over here. And Scripture is very clear later in Peter, what does it say? Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? And all of us have watched the shows and grimaced a little bit on National Geographic, right? And the lion goes after which one? The one that's by himself, that's isolated himself. And, and, and sometimes I think that we feel like, I'm scared, we feel like that because we're a part of something bigger and it's this big church and ah, nobody's going to miss me, nobody needs me, and that's not the truth. That every piece that God places into the structure of the church is valuable. And you're needed. And that's why I say, I need you to grow up. And you need me to grow up. We need each other. You want to try another one, Preston? Is it my turn? It's my turn, isn't it? I was trying to cheat. I'll be honest. It looks, it looks kind of scary to me. Before I pull another one out, let me read this for you. It's going to be on the screen, I believe, all right? A continuing construction project is going on. Christ is in the process of building his church. Those dead stones that have been brought to life as living stones, he then fits into his glorious structure called the church. Each time someone trusts Christ as their Savior, another stone gets placed into the living, growing church. Please understand, becoming a stone in a building countless in a building of countless stones does not detract from your significance. In fact, it enhances it. You represent a vital part in the outworking of God's plan and purpose. Without you, something would be missing. The wall, it says, would be weakened. Is it my turn now? All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> Is that good? Am I good? Can I stop? I shouldn't have started this one, that's for sure. It's, it's going to fall. I'm scared. Preston, are you scared? You, it's not going to hurt you guys. It's like way up here. It's my toes I'm worried about. Could I defer and let you go? Would that be fair? You want to pull it out? I've already messed it up. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. It's like a Band-Aid, right? Yeah. It, it reminds me of, you guys want to hear a story that just reminded me of? Too bad. Oh! That was awesome. Preston, you win. All right, give, give Preston a hand. All right, you can be seated. Uh, your prize is, after church, you get to pick it all up. Thank you, Preston, for participating. He actually would probably love it. Do you see that this church needs you? That you're needed here? And I think that a lie of Satan is that he wants you to think you're not needed and that you're not important. And every one of us, God has placed us in the church of his choice because he has a purpose for us. And, and I'm never going to fulfill my purpose in isolation. And I'm also a much bigger target for Satan. You're never going to fulfill your purpose if you're not connected. And, and I believe that if you're only coming on Sunday morning 
to this one-hour service that you're probably, and you're not reading the Bible at home, you're probably not, no, I'm not, no, not probably, you're not growing spiritually. I would also say that if the only time that you, you talk from people about, to this church or about this church or with people from this church is when you walk into this service at 1030 and walk out at hopefully 1145, if that's the only time you connect with people in this, in this church, you're not connected. And if you're not connected, then you're not growing. And that's why we, we try to encourage you to come, if you can come at 930 and be a part of Connect Group. Or, or if you can be here on Wednesday nights, it's a much smaller group. We have great Bible studies on Sunday night. Uh, the Spanish ministry has a Spanish Bible study. We have one in the chapel. We have a great program for kids and youth because we want you to understand you are going to grow better together. I need you. You need me. And that's what Peter's saying. Think in the context here. These are scattered believers who are far from probably family, maybe far from those who they started following Christ with. And Peter is trying to underscore, don't isolate yourself. Connect with other believers. Grow up in Christ, built up on Christ. Number three, speak up about the love of Christ. Speak up about the love of Christ. <clears throat> Look at verse number five only if you have your, if you have your text because I forgot to tell you to, to underline built up. It says verse five, they're built up. So you should have underlined verse two, uh, verse two, grow. Verse five, built up. Now look at verse nine again. But you are a chosen, again, we're talking to believers, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into, marvel, into his marvelous light. And then verse 10, it says, Who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy mercy. So Peter is referencing here in verse number 10 a partial fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Okay, the, the complete fulfillment of this prophecy is going to happen when, when the Lord sets everything back in order. When we, this, what we sing about, I'll fly away, right? When, when Jesus sets everything back and builds a new heaven and a new earth, that's going to be the fulfillment, the f- complete fulfillment of this prophecy in Hosea. But this is a partial fulfillment filled fulfilled by Gentiles who've placed their faith in Christ. So on, on your outline this morning, you have the, the verse here. It'll be on the screen. Hosea chapter 2, verse 23. This is, should sound really familiar as we just read 1 Peter. Right? Here's what it says. Then I will, sh- I will sow her for myself in the earth. I will have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who were not my people... You are my people, and they shall say, you are my God. Doesn't that sound really familiar, what Peter is saying? Remember what Hosea said, what he prophesied, that there will be a group of people who were not God's people. There are going to be a group of people who had not obtained mercy, and they're going to they're become God's people, and they're going to obtain God's mercy. And that's exactly the picture here, what Peter is saying. Gentiles now have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And now, because of Christ, we can be called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We can, who once who were afar off, Ephesians chapter 1, can be brought near. Once who were orphans can now be adopted. Once who were strangers can now be the friends of God. 
Aren't you glad that God chose you and called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? You remember the day that happened for you? You remember the day when you finally gave in and said, God, I I admit I cannot get to heaven on my own. I can't be good enough. And I place my faith in Jesus. And what Peter is saying at that moment, Jesus brought you to life. From darkness to light. And what Peter is reminding us to do is to tell people. We tell people all kinds of things every day. Some of, I, I told some people this morning that there was a, a cold front coming in. Did you guys know there's a cold front coming in? Like tomorrow, it's only supposed to be 90 degrees. I walked outside a second ago to come through here, and, and it was really windy. And it's like, I said to someone, hey, I guess the cold front's coming in. They're like, what? they looked at me like I was retarded. I get that look a lot, so I understand it. I was like, there's a cold front coming in. I see a good movie, I tell someone about it. I see a bad movie, I tell someone about it. Right? You guys ever done that? And for us believers in the room, the greatest day you ever experienced was the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Hold on a second, Omar. Yeah, hold on a second, I'll get to you. Let me finish, okay? When we think about what God has done in our life, we should be like Omar and want to stand up and tell the whole world. But you know what most of us are? Scared, fearful, afraid. And Peter is saying, listen, I know you're under persecution. And I know that life could get really difficult if you tell people you love Jesus. But remember, he brought you from darkness into his marvelous light. Shouldn't we want to tell people that story? We don't, we don't have to have all the theological answers. And I'm going to say what I've said a lot of times in here. If you know enough of the gospel to be saved by the gospel, you know enough of the gospel to share the gospel. If you can't share the gospel, if you don't have enough knowledge to share the gospel, maybe you need the gospel. If you can't clearly articulate how you gave your life to Christ and why you gave your life to Christ, maybe you need to give your life to Christ. And here in a moment we're going to stand up and we're going to sing. And if you've never given your life to Christ, and what what Peter would say, and then what we've been quoting from Ephesians, what Paul would say is, if you've never given your life to Christ, you are an orphan. You are far away. You are not near to God. You are a stranger to God. You don't belong to God. You are not a chosen people. You have not obtained mercy. And what God, what Peter is telling us is, when you give your life to Christ, you are now a people who belong to God, who obtain God's mercy. And can we say amen to that? God has given us mercy. And I'm going to give you the quick summary of what Peter is talking about in Hosea. Because it's a picture of what Christ has done for us. It ultimately is a picture of the nation of Israel, but it also is a picture of us as as Gentile believers. And what happens in Hosea, we're not going to take the time to read it, but the prophet Hosea, God comes to Hosea and tells Hosea, Listen, Hosea, you need to go marry Gomer. And Gomer was a harlot. We're going to use that word because maybe kids don't understand what that is, right? And I want you to go marry her. 
Hosea is obedient. But God tells him, the reason I want you because, uh, to go marry her is because I, she is a picture of the nation of Israel who've turned their back on God. Later in the passage, you're going to say that Israel has played the harlot with God. They have been unfaithful to God. So he marries this lady, Gomer. Twice she is unfaithful to him, and twice she has a child. And God tells them to, have, to name the child. One does not have mercy, and one who's far from God does not belong to God. Do you see what Peter is saying? Then later in the, in the chapter, as the book, as you read the book, she's been unfaithful twice after he's married her, and God comes back to, to Jose and says, you need to go back to her and you need to marry her. You need to bring her back into your house. And so he goes, and, and they're about to auction her off. She's placing herself back into this, this slavery, and he purchases her back the one who's been unfaithful. And it's a picture of the love of Christ to us. And because of what Christ has done in our life, should we not want to know him more? Should we not want to be connected to his bride? And should we not want to share his love with the world? Would you close your eyes for a moment this morning in prayer? I'm going to ask Israel if he would come up this morning. They're going to lead us in one final song of worship this morning. I know we have several that are prepared to come and to unite in membership today. But this morning there's really three questions. Are you growing? Are you connecting? Are you growing in Christ? Are you connecting to the body of Christ? And are you sharing the love of Christ? And if you're not doing those three things, and maybe God has revealed to you this morning that, you know, you need to, you need to get on the ball, right? You need to take, what's the next step? To grow in my faith, to share my faith, to put myself back in to the bride of Christ. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to have a song of worship, and, and I'm just going to encourage you to, to come talk to God about it. We're going to be standing here in the front. If you'd like to talk to us, if you'd like to pray with us, we would love to pray with you as well. Maybe this morning you realize that you are an orphan. You don't belong to God. You're, you're dead. You're not alive. You're in darkness, not in light. And, and you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ today. Again, we're going to be standing here in the front. And we're going to be facing you. And if you would like to ask Christ, if you would like to surrender your life to him, if you would like to be brought into life, a living stone placed into the body of Christ, we're going to be standing here. I'm just going to ask you in a moment when we stand to come forward and, and shake our hand and say, I want to be adopted into the family of God. We would love to take a few minutes and explain that to you. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to worship. And we thank you, Lord, that, that in spite of our sins, you have pursued us. In spite of our unfaithfulness, you continue to pursue us. God, I pray this morning, if, if we've been convicted by your Holy Spirit, that we would get things right today. Maybe that's coming forward and praying with someone. Maybe that's walking across the room and finding someone that, that we need to pray with. Maybe that's giving our life to Jesus today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's continue to worship. And again, if you would like to come forward and pray, you're welcome to do that alone. Or we would love to pray with you as we sing this morning.